Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. And check out our Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find it there. You can also email the show at show at gmail.com. This is episode 42.5. And as you know, as always, on the Point Five pod, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind. My co-host, Ellen Wingington. Ellen, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Bo. How are you? Doing great. Hey, we were chatting for a minute. We're going to kind of be light, a little lighthearted today. It's a lot less bad stuff going on in sports this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a nice thing, right? Yeah, I do have a quick one for you, though. I didn't talk to you about this. I was pretty, I was talking. I didn't do the Jones report this week. Uh, Tyler's taking a week off because he's doing some traveling with work. Good so for we him. We record last night. We usually record those on Wednesday, and then you and I record on Thursday. So we have a group chat, me and his co-host, Tom and, and, and Tyler. Yeah. And he says, hey, we're going to skip recording. We're going to skip a week, and we'll get back next week. And the question was asked, how many more lawsuits will be filed against Deshaun Watson? between yesterday and next week when we record again. He says, I set the over under at two. And I said, over, give me the over. (laughs) I would take it because the number that came to mind was three. And given what I find really kind of interesting about this is that the same attorney is representing every single woman. Yeah. In these lawsuits. So it's becoming more or less like a class action lawsuit against Deshaun uh, I was listening to, it was actually on Bomani Jones's podcast. He talked about that. He talked about that particular lawyer. I guess he's one of these um, attorneys that is well known there, but not well thought of. Like he's kind of an ambulance chaser. He's one of those guys that does a lot of the advertising on television, mm-hmm. shady kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess he's sued or been involved with lawsuits against the Texans two or three times already. Oh, interesting. So it was a little, in the beginning, it was thought of maybe this guy has an in, has an in for the Texans. But yeah, certainly there's more to this story than the Texans. And obviously there's, there's so much going on there. We're not going to talk about Deshaun Watson because I don't want to get down. I'm in a pretty good mood today. And I just have a few kind of random thoughts and some things that are going on. And we talked a little bit about what we're going to do and did a little rundown. So I want to chat about that stuff today. So uh, I do want to say we're recording this on Thursday and we're recording it late afternoon. So by the time you hear this game six of the NBA finals will have happened. Yes. Now, much to my chagrin, since we met last week, the Celtics had a two, one lead and then managed to blow that lead to now being down three, two. Correct. After Curry got hot in the game four and was basically a Superman. And then, Game five, I thought the Celtics just blew it. I thought game five, the Celtics as a team just got outplayed by the Warriors. And Andrew Wiggins played incredible. Maybe the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, you know, have abstained from watching a lot of this, but yeah. I was glad to see Wiggs come through big in a big stage. Yeah. And Draymond Green played a lot better in game five than he had in any of the first four games. He'd been awful. And played a lot better in game five, um, which we're going to talk about Draymond Green as a part of a category coming up here in a moment. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. Game six, obviously, I, it's a must win for the Celtics or it's over. But yeah, back in Boston, um, I think one thing in game five was the Celtics were just so bad at shooting. I mean, they went 0 for 13 for their first in the first half in uh, shooting threes. It wasn't like a minute left in the first or the, in the first half in the second quarter. They finally made a three pointer and they that's, just kept chucking and chucking and they never got hot. They never yeah, made that draw that they made other games. Mm-hmm. And that was their downfall. I do think this game will be close on game five or game six, I should say. Um, I still like the Celtics at home. The Celtics got a big task to try to win six and seven. And the big thing, I think I mentioned this on Monday's pod, Steve Kerr continues to do this. He is every, as a head coach, 
every series he's coached in the NBA playoffs, they've won a road game. Yeah. That, to me, that's incredible. It is. And again, it speaks to Kerr as a coach and, you know, his entire staff and them just getting it done. What I almost find as interesting is, of course, the ongoing commentary about the Boston fan base. And which version will show up and I know which version will show up. I mean, Boston is who it is. Boston, Boston. Yeah, and I, I'm a I'm a Red Sox guy, and I like the Celtics, you know. And I my dad is from that area, so mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know. Did you think in Game Four it was over the top? The fuck Draymond Green chance. I mean, listen, I happen to think that Draymond is a bit of a punk. Yeah, and on some level, he deserves some level of derision wherever he goes because he earns it yeah and he has earned it over the course of the last several seasons especially but i i don't know i guess and i don't care so much as oh my god you know children are in the arena and this that and the other these kids are talking that way anyway so this isn't a new language scenario for them no, the, the pearl clutching is a little too much for me. Yeah, it just, yeah. whether or not it makes the city look bad, most people who are in the region just know what Boston is and probably don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, you know, and, and in Draymond Green, I, I think is one of those, not, you would never see the Boston fans yelling, fuck Seth Curry. Oh, no. You wouldn't be doing to Steph Curry, you know, and, and it's, it's because Draymond's Draymond. It's because... He's developed a reputation over a long period of time in his career. Yeah. He's been the guy who's kicked people in the balls, hit people in the balls. He's, yeah, not shots all guy. around. Yeah. And, and so Boston fans are going to let you have it when you when you play that way. You know? Yeah, they, they aren't going to go after Steph because. There's respect there. It's Steph. Yeah. But Draymond is Draymond. And like I said, he deserves it on some levels. So, and that's, I mean, these are the same fans that you can watch any Red Sox Yankee game and it's going to break out a fuck the Yankees chant happens every game. Sure. So, I mean, this isn't, it's pearl clutching to me. And it's, well, hell, I mean, even on the collegiate level, we go to Bramlage, the Octagon of Doom, and K-State fans are yelling, fuck KU pretty yeah. early on. So yeah. oh, it happens. And it happens at KU games. I mean, I was at the KU Mizzou game this year and KU yeah. fans are yelling to fuck Mizzou. And absolutely. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And, and yeah, yeah I, people who are, you know, saying, well, our children, oh, go fuck your children. I, 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 that's not what's going on. You're it's using ridiculous. that as an excuse, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So, We'll see what happens. Obviously, we're not going to go deep dive into this because by the time you listen to this podcast, the game will be over. So hopefully for yeah. me, I'm hoping the Celtics win. So I, I'm just not a big fan. I'm a, I like Curry. I'm a fan of Curry. I'm a fan of most of the players in that team for the Warriors. I'm just not a fan of Draymond. And I, I want to see somebody other than the Warriors win. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the thing once the – the finals were set it was just kind of like uh it's the warriors again yeah um and that just i don't know anytime you it's like the patriots being the super bowl those repeat teams all the time some people love the dynasty but it gets old after a while yeah what I think that you look like this year's Super Bowl, I think people were like the fact that it was the Rams and the Bengals. It was two different yeah. teams. I mean, it was, I mean, granted the Rams have been there the year before and lost, but it was not that they were like, you know, this symbol of, you know, ongoing greatness. And it was, they had two great seasons in a row. You know, that kind right. Of Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, I wanted to get, we've been talking a lot about NIL yep. here on this podcast for the last few weeks. And, we're going to be getting into more interviews and more stuff over the next few weeks. But I saw something that came across. It actually came across a few days ago. It's about a week old now, and I hadn't seen it till today. And uh, Fanatics 
the the the, the t-shirt company everybody knows the t-shirt number billion whatnot you know, they bought the tops trading company last year we talked about that on the podcast here yeah back so fanatics and tops have come to an agreement to make college collegiate football and men's basketball trading cards um the partnership includes and i'm reading this right off of espn.com 150 universities and separately more than 200 name image and likeness deals with athletes and they also have deals with 35 schools all from power five conferences okay to be the exclusive provider of cards for those schools um some of the athletes and in the fall offerings for football mm-hmm. are bryce young the heisman trophy winner um stetson bennett georgia's quarterback who just won the national championship yep oregon quarterback bo Nix, who's going to transfer from auburn over to oregon and usc quarterback caleb williams uh, they're all going to have they, they have their own licensing deals with fanatics and tops, so they'll all be like these insert cards that have signed like autographs. Oh, okay, have those in those packs and in those sets. So like now you try to buy those boxes of cards, you want to get the best players autograph. Yeah, they're going to have those for basketball. They've already lined up a few. Uh, Derek Lively second from Duke. Um, Arkansas is Nick Smith Jr. Okay. And um, Alaya Boston, who is uh, the women's national championship most outstanding player. Oh, from South Carolina? From South Carolina. So she's going to be in the, in the basketball set. I guess the basketball is going to be both women and men. That's great. Um, yeah. So yeah, this, I think this is kind of interesting. Now, the deal with the 35 colleges is an exclusive deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those teams lists, I'll just give you quick names. Georgia, Kentucky, Miami, Oregon. Um, these are all going to be on as early as 2023. Uh, three or a few others in 2025 include Alabama, Clemson, mm-hmm. Kansas, uh, LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee. So some of these are going to be staggered out over the next couple of years. None of them okay. are exclusive for this next offer, first offering of 2022. Um, but the deal with Fanatics does not mean those players can't make deals with other card companies like Panini or someone else like that. Okay. Um, I find the whole thing interesting that now we're seeing name, image, likeness. I guess my question here is the legal question for you. All right, let's say that you're a Kansas basketball player. Mm-hmm. Kansas has a deal with Tops, and Panini comes along and says, "We'll give you half a million dollars to do our cards." Now, Kansas will not allow on those cards. They won't have Kansas's logo. Like what the Panini will be, does will be, now. The pictures will be just edited out. Just, right. It won't be the Jayhawk. It won't be the KU. Yep. They'll have the player's name on. At what point do you think we'll see universities tell potential players don't make deals with competitors to who we have? They can't. Legally, they Legally, can't. They can't, right? Yeah. It's so, the same thing as the shoe deals. Yeah, I mean, that would be, a, a you know, you're prohibiting their ability to go into contract mm-hmm. with certain entities. And, of course... In Kansas, you can enter into a legal contract at the age of 18. So yeah. these kids are going to be able to do that. Yeah. Some of it's going to be interesting because there are states that um, you can't enter into contracts until you're 19. Okay. I believe Wisconsin um, is one of them. Okay. And so some of that will be interesting on how they skirt that because I think parents would also have to sign on those contracts. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it would be pitched more like here's where our deal is. This is where primarily it'll be driven from. We cannot, um, stop you from entering into other agreements 
because it's illegal under the constitution, uh, interstate commerce clause and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it'll be interesting, the patchwork. I think the bigger question is what is the uptake in the market for these cards? Because that's going to drive everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, the price is that you'd be surprised to see how much these cards go for. So one of the things Nicholas has gotten out of the card collecting thing over the last couple of years, just because he's, he got bored with it, but he heads down to Alabama to go stay with his dad for the summer next week. And he's just like, I want to go to the card shop. I want to get a blaster box and check it out. Cause we haven't gone and looked for a while. And I mean, some of the prices, especially if you're getting ones that have inserts with memorabilia or uh, autographs, anything like that, the price points are ridiculous. I'm going to give you a good example of that. So I'm on eBay right now. Okay. Right now, an unopened box Mm -hmm. of 2021 Panini Flawless card. These are the high-end cards. Yeah, this is where you get five cards in a pack, and two or three of them are going to be signed. Twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you see some of these deals where they have like uh, the diamond boxes. They come in literally a case, case, a steel yes. case, yeah. and they have a jewel embedded in there and a card and all this kind of stuff. It is wild. And Nicholas was telling me this morning, he goes, oh, I look through my collection. I've pulled all the cards that I want to get graded. And he's got a Pete Alonso rookie out of 99. He goes, that that's going to be a 10. And I'm like, who's going to pay for this now? Yeah. So the grading the cards thing, Ellen, if you don't get like a nine or above, you might as well not even get it graded. And what I mean, you want to look at it. You I know. want to get a, you want to get a lens and get all the way down because oh. they look at all sorts of stuff. And we, I, we have sent three cards to be graded. Okay. One was trash, uh-huh. and came back as a five, and they basically don't charge you for it, which is nice. Yeah. One was a ten. One oh, was wow. a nine. I have a Luca ten sitting in my basement right now. A Luca Doncic. That's that's. It, tens are hard. They're hard to get. Who'd you have it graded by? What company was it? PSA. PSA? Mm-hmm. It's hard to get stuff back from PSA. They turned it around probably within a month. You went for the high ends. But end. that was pre-pandemic. Oh, and yeah. everything so got real locked up during the pandemic. Yeah. And there's uh, another company. There's Beckett. There's CGS. There's CGS. CS, CSG is yeah. one of the newer ones. That's, there's that's four or the five of them now that people that's use. That's supposed to turn them fairly quickly yeah. with a better price gradient, too. Because, yeah. I mean, 170 or 75 bucks, whatever it was, to send those three cards in, it's just, if you don't know that you're going to get the return, it's throwing money away. Yeah, if you don't. So what happened with that was right when the pandemic started, People were sending every junk wax thing they could get, thinking they would get tens. Yeah. Because they would try to flip them. Yep. And at one point, PSA, as I understand, was over a million cards behind. Well, they shut down. They, they shut can... down and taking taking uh, stuff, taking stuff yep. in. Now they have just like in the last month started opening back up their economy class. They've been mm-hmm. opening back up for a few months now. Yeah. Only their top levels which are like a hundred dollars a card and more. Yeah. And it, it's a whole rabbit hole of like, you know, you, you're going to, if you're going to pay to get something graded, it better come back at 10. Um, I pulled out of a box two years ago. It was in 2018 or 2017, 2018, 2018, a Shohei Otani uh, through Panini, a Shohei Otani autograph card. Uh-huh. And it was one of 10. And I sent it to PSA and I got a nine on the card, but the autograph, the trail end of the last name Uh with the pen a little bit. So they gave me a seven on that part, but there's only 10 of them. 
And right. according to the population report, I got the only nine. There's oh, no wow. Tenths. So I looked and like, I, I got an offer for like $1,500 for the card. Yeah. But I didn't sell it. I was like, eh, I'll keep it and see what happens. I mean, Otani's only becoming bigger. Right. But, um, well, we'll see. I mean, but yeah, that whole thing. And that's what's going to happen to these cards. Now we're going to see college players. I mean, people are going to get Bryce Young and, you know, yeah. these, it, it, I mean, that's just an example. I mean, you know, it's, it's just nuts. The college kids are now getting this money and now it gives another revenue stream to fanatics. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, fanatics has got this, like they got, but when they bought tops, they basically have, I mean, they've, it's down to two teams. It's down to two teams. It's them and Panini. Panini well, doesn't have licensed cards. They don't have, right. they have the player's name and they have the image of them with all the logos airbrushed out. Yeah. But they have like these flawless cards, you know? Um, and when you get one, I mean, I bought a box of flawless a couple of years ago, but they weren't near what that cost is now. And I ended up, it was a flawless baseball. That's when I got like a couple, three things out of there that I liked. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I ended up flipping them for more than what I paid for the box, which is all I really wanted. Right. I didn't get any of the players I collect out of it. So I just flipped them all. Yeah. So it, it's, to me, it's a little bit interesting. It, it, but it goes back to the NIL thing too. And it, we've talked so much about it. And I just, I find the whole NIL thing is so interesting. Now we got 18 year old kids and you said like 19 year old kids in some places that can now getting these contracts and it's going to be a different animal. It is. And I'm just, I, I will be very, very curious what the market for these cards is going to be. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, if you saw recently, there was, you know, like there was the Patrick Mahomes card that sold for $1.2 million earlier this year. I didn't see that. Oh my God. So there was a Patrick Mahomes, one of one rookie, uh, I, boy, I believe it was a Bowman which is a top brand yep. um, that went on auction, the PSA 10. It was the one of one. It was the only one made and it went to auction for like $1.2 million. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, I, I still hate a little bit that Nicholas pulled a one of one autograph Paul Pierce and he traded it for more cards at the shop. Never trade one of ones. And I was like, it's your decision. It's not mine. It's your card. Yeah. You could have. One of ones are the thing where you just and get them encased. And then, you know, you could find the right buyer you're going to get. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 But like, even like I'm looking at it now, 2022 Tops Inception. I think Inception's a really cool set. And Inception Hobby Box is about $175. It's gotten super expensive. Yeah, and that's just, that's a middle of the road car. Yeah. It's a cool, they're cool looking cars, but that's the middle of the road. I mean, flawless is to the top. I mean, those are in the middle. And then you have the things like the blaster boxes and whatnot. Right. You like at Walmart and Target and those things. When you can and find them. When you can find them. Yeah. There are some of the targets that will carry them anymore. No, there's. dealers uh, were going in and you know what they do? They take the packs and they feel the packs. For the thicker cards, mm -hmm. those are the relic and the autographs. Yeah, and they can fill that, and they purchase those packs. Yeah, and they were finding out when the boxes were coming in, and they were going in filling up those packs. I was like, really? Uh, yeah, low it's, down, dirty business. It's a weird. It's a, a whole thing there is strange. So, um, speaking of college kids, this yeah. is the Ku thing for you here, uh, Ochai Obaji. Is been invited, invited yeah. to the NBA draft, so he's gonna be one of the twenty invites. And uh, and I don't know if we talked about how uh, Christian Braun is staying in the draft. Yep. My surprise, I did not think he was going to. Oh no, he played uh, so well at the combine. But I guess he killed it at the combine. So yeah. Um, yeah so Ochai is gonna be invited. Uh, I would assume that Braun's gonna go in the first round if he decides to stay in. Because the only way you get a guaranteed contract is to be in the, drafted in the first round. I, I think even if he goes in the second round, he's fine. Yeah. So I think that uh, I find that interesting. And then uh, it's kind of a cool deal. 
yeah, I'm excited that uh, Ochai is going to be in the green room. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah. And another KU news. You want to break this one on the baseball? Yeah. So uh, hot news was coming off that KU hired a new baseball coach, um, an LSU assistant coach who has made his name in uh, both at LSU and then uh, Dallas Baptist. So Dan Fitzgerald got hired yesterday, which seems to be really good news. Yeah. So this guy's plugged in in the Dallas area and he's a Mm -hmm. great recruiter. Um, If you don't know about where he was, he was at LSU for one season with their new coach who came from Arizona previously. Um, He had been at Dallas Baptist for nine years. They actually took that team to the college world series a couple of years ago. That's basically a Juco program. And they were all local kids in the Mm -hmm. Dallas area. He just went and got the best kids from the Dallas area that weren't going to division one or were not going to the high end places yeah. or drafted high enough, brought them all there and they kicked ass. I mean, went all the way to the college world series and did very well. Um, you know, he was ended up hired by uh, LSU this past year and was a bench coach for LSU. Uh, now he's going to be the head baseball coach at KU I think that's great for KU, someone who's got a recruiting background. This was one of the guys that helped recruit the last two classes to LSU, 2022 and 2021, yeah. that were loaded with players. And he's From got a six-year contract, so yeah. it, it gives him time to build up the team, which, yeah. you know, they've done pretty decently the last couple of seasons, but to have a real strong recruiter in yeah. their backyard is going to be real helpful. Yeah, this season was tough. They finished last in the Big 12 this past year, and it was a tough year. Yeah, uh, They have a shortstop, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's a Hawaiian kid who's real, real good and supposedly going to go fairly high in the draft in, a couple, mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. Um, the big thing I think a lot of people locally here in Lawrence want to see is they want to see Devin Neal play every day. Yeah. I mean, you know, play, play Devin Neal. Get him out there. I mean, this is a kid that – if you've seen him play, he obviously he's a starting running back on the football team, and he's a he's, – I've been told I've never seen him play baseball. I've seen him play football mm-hmm. many times. Sure. I've been told he's a better baseball player than a football player. And it's difficult because he's trying to juggle spring drills and spring practice with trying to play baseball as well. Yeah. He made it clear part of the reason he came to Kansas and stayed at home was to play both sports. Well, you know, so it, it kind of makes you wonder what discussions were had around that with the hiring of the new coach. Yeah, I wonder what Coach Fitzgerald, the new coach, and maybe Coach Leipold have talked about in that case. Yeah. Um, the other guy's kind of interesting. I was actually at Coach Leipold's house this past week. Were you? I got to go over some my wife today. They have an event. They have another one this coming weekend. Uh, they're, they have their – it's like a team-building event at his home. Uh-huh. And so my wife knows the photo booth company and yeah. she's been having the photo booths uh, last week and this week coming up. And so I had to go over and pick it up. That's a nice place. I'm sure. I, I need to, I got to get my shit back together here. Go be a coach. Yeah. Uh, he's living right over there. That's a nice place. He got Spanish tiles in the roof, which is my favorite. I was looking around like, yeah, I need, I need to You know, it. I wonder how many coaches KU is uh, paying currently. Not as many as they were. That's good. Yeah, because I think at one point we were paying five head coaches. Yeah, they were paying a lot of a lot of football coaches at once. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I, sorry, I'm getting notifications left and right. Red Sox lost today. Oh, oh. <sighs> well, I mean, at this point, I've already given up that the Yankees are going to win it all, given what they're doing currently. So I. You know, there's ebbs and flows in the baseball season. It's a long season. It's a long season. And there are – in that American League East is becoming exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. All four of those teams are good, and Baltimore sucks. And now the Red Sox have gone from four, five games under 500 to three games over in a month, and they're back in it. Right now yeah. – there's four teams in the division. All the wild cards right now would be American League East teams. Oh, interesting. Yeah, all three would be Toronto, uh, Toronto, Tampa, and Boston. Okay. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I was like, oh, shit. And and then also in the other divisions, I mean, you have Minnesota's running away with the Central because the White Sox can't seem to do anything right. And Tony LaRosse is getting, you know, fire Tony chance. He's old. In his games. And then the Astros are just running away with the West now that the Angels went on a 14-game skid. Well, I mean, they fired Madden, and that yeah. didn't quite get it going. But did, we'll see. Was, did you see the story what Joe Madden did the day he got fired? No. The morning he got fired to try to, because he didn't know he was getting fired. Uh-huh. That morning he went and got a haircut and he went and got like a mohawk. He was going to come in and be like, guys, we can do this. And you know, <sighs> Madden, Madden is such a great manager. He really is. He is incredible. I mean, he's the reason the Rays were any good. Well, hell, he finally got the Cubs a World Series. He goes to Chicago, wins the World Series with the Cubs, and then, you know, decides he's going to take this Angels job. And you take that Angels job because you got Mike Trout. I mean, exactly. And then you get, and then he gets Otani, and it's like, man, you got Trout and Otani. Yeah. Just look and go, God, the rest of that pitching staff's awful. I watched two of their, I watched, well, I watched three of their games. I played the Red Sox this past week. Mm -hmm. And, I look at their team and I go, man, they got some good young players here. Yeah. I see why they let Justin Upton go. And I was like, all right, this Brandon Marsh kid can play. Jared mm-hmm. Walsh is maybe an all-star. Trout is the best player in baseball. Right. And Otani is Otani. He's one of the top five players in baseball. Right. And you just look and go, why are they not winning? And it's because their pitching staff past Otani is awful. It's tough. And their bullpen's bad. They're going to have to, if they get back in it, they're going to have to be buyers for bullpen help. Red Sox are going to have to do the same thing. And so do the Rays, I think. The Rays are starting to slip back. Yeah, we're going to the Rockies-Padres game on Saturday. And that will be interesting to see. Tatis won't be back by then, is he? He's coming back soon. I, I would love it because we have missed him every single time we've gone in the last couple of seasons due to his injuries. Um, and it's a bobblehead day, so you got to get those. Oh, God. You know, the wife, my wife, her mom collects royalties. They go to oh, really? every game. She's got like a just all display on their wall. Of, yeah. That's uh, fun. As of two days ago, Tatis had a setback. And it's still not able to even swing because it was written. Of course. The MRI showed healing his left wrist. Still not, yeah. He's exciting too. I'd want to see that play. He's he's exciting. So a couple other things. We talked about uh, a little bit of baseball already, but I, I talked to you about this before we came on, and this was about Major League Baseball is getting sued by a couple of minor league teams. And yeah. I'm going to kind of read it. This is right off of ESPN.com. This is as of Wednesday night. So uh, the Department of Justice is making a request on behalf of three former minor league teams suing Major League Baseball after the league stripped them of their affiliation asked the federal court Wednesday to limit the antitrust exemption given to Major League Baseball. Uh, The three teams suing Major League Baseball uh, were among 43 teams that lost their affiliation when the league downsized the minors to 120 teams Mm -hmm. in 2020. Um, MLB has asked the lawsuit be dismissed, citing the antitrust exemption. Major League Baseball has declined to comment when reached out by ESPN, um, the DOJ request marks the latest in an increasing scrutiny toward century-old Supreme Court decision given to the league. Yeah. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont introduced legislation in March to strip Major League Baseball of its exemption entirely, while Senators Mike Lee of Utah and Jeff Duncan of South Carolina introduced a bill also to remove the exemption that is being considered. Uh, this goes back to Major League Baseball's had antitrust exemption going back to 1922. Which and, and, we, we know that 1922 and 2022 yeah, are totally different. Now, it has been upheld by the Supreme Court twice, in 1953 
1972. The Supreme Court, in a ruling in 2021, Justice Neil Gorsh questioned the legal status of baseball's... What's that? Gorsuch. Gorsuch, I'm sorry. Justice Gorsuch questioned the legal status of baseball's antitrust exemption, citing the changes in the market since the initial ruling was made in 1922. The Supreme Court has said that baseball wasn't subject to antitrust rules because it's a series of exhibitions and not interstate commerce. Back in yeah. 1922, that was their, their rule. That, that was the reason for the exemption. Mm-hmm. I think we now see this as interstate commerce. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is international commerce. Yeah. So I, I, I'll, I will be interested to see how this moves forward and how the MLB front office tries to navigate this. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that we've got senators from both sides of the aisle on this. Yeah. Well, that's been going on, though, for a number yeah. of years. Yeah. It, it's well. And what I mean by that is that you would think that I mean, you could think that certain one side or the other would say, well, we want to protect big business. But that doesn't seem to be the case with Major League Baseball and really with professional sports. Well, I think it's gotten to a point that given how large these leagues are and that they continue to make money hand over fist and they have, you know, they may, it's not even exhibitions anymore. You know, the NFL is regularly scheduling games in Europe once or twice a year, or they're going to Mexico or South America, perhaps. There are so many ties between Korea and Japan you know, for MLB, NBA, they're recruiting stars internationally continuously. NBA draft is next week. How many international players are going to be in the top 15 of the draft, right? So it's hard to not see it for what it is. But if they lose their antitrust status, what does that lead to? That's the question. Yeah, absolutely. Does it lead to, um, you know, not just in baseball? No, will it it lead to other issues in football? It's all the leagues. Because theoretically, if they no longer have the antitrust um, protections, then someone could come and argue that the leagues need to be broken up because they don't allow for competition. Yeah. And is the USFL going to come through and try to do something? Is the XFL going to rear its head again and try to do something? Yeah. Is the XFL the one that's actually partnering with the NFL? Or is I it think the it's USFL? the USFL. I think you're right, the USFL. Yeah. I think there's something else going on with the XFL as well. With the Rock wow. being involved and now there's some rumors about the Rock and the WWE. Surprise, surprise, right? Well, have you heard what happened in the WWE this past week with Vince McMahon? No. Vince McMahon is being investigated by the board of directors of the WWE for uh, paying hush money to a WWE employee, not a wrestler. We know that it's a a paralegal who he had an affair with. Probably one of many. Yeah. And so there's been now, he has disclosed that, yes, there was an affair. It was consensual. He made a payment. That made that money was paid through his own money and not through the funds of the of the um, company. Uh huh. But it looks like this is uh, a big deal. It's funny that you know his daughter stepped down from the company just a month ago, and she was really the kind of face forward with the press. Yeah. When it came to things, and now this has come out in the last really last two days, and uh, there's some talk that you know. This McMahon might get pushed out of his own company. I mean, they've been trying to sell that company for how many years now? A couple, a couple of years. Since they hired Nick Khan, and he's now the, the chairman of the board. Well, he's the CEO. This McMahon is still the chairman of the board. But um, they have been trying for two years to sell the company. They have not been able to do it yet. Their stock price peaked, and like everything else, has come down a little bit in the last, sure. in the last couple months. Um, but now this has come out 
and there are wondering there was an NDA, and now they're wondering, well, how many NDAs does this man have out there? A shit what ton. is going on? And if this is going on, how many times has this happened under the watch? And it's not just him. There's another executive as well. And oh, so, and yeah. I have no doubt that this extends to the talent as well. I think especially with the other executive, they've talked about that this is probably, there's been rumors about him over the years. And he is one who is actually in charge, at times has been in charge of what they call talent relations. Yeah. And there's been some rumors about him. It's John Laurinaitis, if you don't know who that is. So uh, it's kind of funny to me. Now this is all happening. Wrestling's in a weird place. And it's got to come around at some point. Uh, WWE is in a weird spot and they're already having problems on TV now. Yep. With their biggest, per, their second biggest ticket now hurt and out for nine months. Cody Rhodes got hurt and can't wrestle for nine months. How, okay. I just want to ask this from a practical matter because I saw the pictures of him yes, after he's, he ripped his pectoral yes. and then wrestled. I saw the match. I've seen the match. I've watched what the fuck is he doing? I guess he heard it in a workout. And he I was just like, yeah, I can go ahead and go, even though so I have all this stuff. I guess they food. gave him the option. And I guess Cody pushed for the option to, to wrestle the last match. The wrestle the one at the pay-per-view against Steph Rollins. If you don't know, he tore his pet clear off the damn bone. He's The, the pictures are ugly. He's all bruised you up because of the bleeding. It. You can see it. You can see the bleeding. You can see how the peck rolled up. He basically wrestled the match with one arm. And he, I mean, this is the guy they were going to push. Obviously, he's going to be in the main event of their next WrestleMania. It was going to be him and Roman Reigns. You can see this is what they're going to do. Yeah. And now he's gone for nine months. And are they going to be able to get him back in time? What's going to happen there? Um it's, it's a bad deal all around for them. And because he's the one guy that their crowd's like. And it's, yeah, he, I mean, he's, I don't know, he, he's over, but now it's done for him for a few months. Yeah. And, and then we were. going to change in those nine months, right? Yeah. I mean, what else can change? I mean, they're going to have to figure out some things and do what they're going to do. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And then on the AEW side, CM Punk got hurt. Oh, really? Now can't headline the goddamn pay per view that you guys are supposed to go see next week. We're going to see in 10 days. Oh, shit. So I've been complaining about this privately. And I was saying something to my wife this morning about it. I said, me and Peyton were talking last night, you know, and I, we're going to AEW's The Forbidden Door, which is in Chicago. It's the AEW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling pay per view. It's my son's birthday present. Yep. So we're going. We got these tickets. I thought, man, we're going to get a great match. We're going to get CM Punk against uh, uh, Okada, who's the number one guy in New Japan. Like He's the champion in New Japan. We're going to get, this is the match we're going to get. This is the one we wanted to see. I was even excited. Okay. CM Punk got hurt the night after the, the three days after winning the title at the last pay-per-view. He gets hurt in his next match. Does something to his foot. He's going to have to have surgery from out a couple months. Okay. He can't wrestle. Okada lost the title at their last pay-per-view like 10 days ago now. Actually, it was like a week ago. Okay. And he's not going to be in the main event. So they got somebody else. And we're like, all right. We were going. And like my, my son's still going to enjoy it. Right. At this point, I'm just going to make smart-ass comments and degrade the people I don't like. Okay. Because there's so many of them that I don't like that'll be on this show that I'm just going to be like, I'm going to make smart-ass comments the entire time. You're um, going to be a heckler. We, a big time. So I didn't, I only heckled one time at Dynamite last week. Which, which was, was hilarious. Not- it was hilarious. And I cracked up half the arena. I mean, it was during. Um, it was well timed. Yeah, during the Moxley Kyle O'Reilly match, they were fighting outside the ring for the third time, and the crowd was just not into it at that time. Right. And I went, get the fuck back in the ring, and now we're only like fifteen rows out. 
Yeah. And I'm like ring level. So everybody could hear me. My voice carries in an arena. And within 10 seconds, Moxley throws Kyle O'Reilly back in the ring. And I go, and it's still quiet. I go, thank you. Yeah. And the, and the crowd, like on our side, just erupts in laughter. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I got to think of some good shit now for the next one. This is going to be amazing. Well, there's a lot of people that like in this. You've got a week. The best one just come off the top of your head, you know. There you go. But uh, yeah, so I got to put up with like Chris Jericho, who I just think is a jerk. And oh god, they brought this Orange Cassidy guy back, who I think is just the worst thing ever in wrestling. This is the guy that wrestles with his fucking hands in his pockets. (sighs) Come on, the fuck is that? Get out of here with that bullshit. It's yeah. So I, I, I'm going to go have some fun. I'm going to end up drinking. We're going to Uber to and from. So there you I'm go. I'll just drink the whole time, and then go back to our hotel and crash. We are going to record a podcast after, so I might be a little inebriated recording a podcast with Peyton. Now. That'll be fun. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. So, um, hey, last subject I got. This is just kind of a off the cuff thing. We talked a little bit about this, but I wanted to ask you about something. So yeah. We had the Dream on Green thing happen this past week. And, you know, he got, you know, chanted the fuck you chance at the, at the Boston, at the TD Ameritrade Center in Boston. And then this week, um, the story came out about Tyreek Hill uh, saying some things about Patrick Mahomes. Now, it wasn't bad. What yeah. he said was he thinks that Tua, Tua Tagovailoa is a more accurate quarterback. Yep. And so Patrick Mahomes was asked about, you know, his relationship with Tyreek and his net. And Mahomes played the played the card of, hey, I'm good with Tyreek. He's right. saying these things because he's got a podcast starting. Draymond Green has a podcast which is very popular. And it made me think and wonder that uh um we are now seeing a lot of these, a lot of players are getting podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Brady had the thing this past season on uh, Sirius XM with um, with um, John, um, Gray. John Gray, Jim Gray, and Jim Gray, sorry. and so a lot of players are now instead of talking to the media, the traditional media, let's call mm-hmm. it, they're putting out their stories really in their own narrative, mm-hmm. whether that's through a podcast or like the serious thing with with Brady, and you have man in the arena with Brady, and that's something right. you see a lot of. But you'll see a few of those for the higher end guys. It, does this bother you at all that the players aren't using traditional media? They're really putting their own spin on things. It, there's a positive and a negative to me. But at least, do you think we're going to get some honesty out of players in some of these cases? Um, I think you're far more likely to than dealing with a beat writer who's being paid by a newspaper or uh, another outlet to cover the organization and has some um, need to have access. So there is some sort of buffer between the reporter and the organization, both who who they work for and the team that they're reporting on because they need to get the access. Yeah. And I have no problems with the players going out and saying their truth, so to speak. It'll cause some issues in the locker room. It'll cause issues with the coaching staff. But these are all issues that are already existing probably in the locker room and with the coaching staff. It's just these professional athletes are airing dirty laundry that beforehand was deemed to be not cool to do. And uh, I don't know. I don't think any, anything like super egregious is going to come out. We're not going to have some huge scandal break. There might be some beefs that we hear about that we weren't really aware of, but you know, I, I don't see an issue with it. I don't either. Now I do. I think I think you're spot on on a couple of things there. One, this is not going to be. Now we'll see breaking news of things like injuries, things like a retirement, mm-hmm. those kind of things. But I don't think. I think you're right that we won't see. Um, 
I don't know if it'll be super salacious, but we'll see these kind of beats. What we've yeah. seen with, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill and Mahomes, which really isn't a terrible thing. It's, and Mahomes played this perfectly. I mean, he yeah. was like, look, I got a good relationship with Tyreek Hill. He's wanting his team to play well. He's talking about his guy in a positive way. I got no problem with that. Right. I, I read all of Mahomes' quotes, and I was like, hey, that's, that dude's just class. He is. He is. Uh, but I, and, and I don't think that Tyreek Hill was being salacious. No. But I do think we'll hear about some beefs once in a while. And I yeah. think that's fun. Um. You know, and, and so I do think that'll be fun. I do think it'll be a little easier for people to tell their stories because you can only put so much trust in somebody else to tell your story. Well, absolutely, because you don't know what how that's being leveraged to something yes, else. Exactly. And I think that that's be interesting. So I think we'll see more of this in the next in the coming years. Absolutely. Of, of players doing this and saying, I mean, especially higher end players who have a following because they can also monetize some of that as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I think um, there is a constant desire from the fan base to kind of get more of the insight as to what goes on. And so this is going to give the players a real chance to do it. And I guess the question really may be, how does this hurt traditional media? That's a good question. And I think that is the question because we're already seeing an issue with traditional media, um, you know, being, uh, you know, limited. Yeah. You know, how many, how many, um, how many news outlets are going away? How many newspapers are going away? You know, we're even seeing pullback of things like, um, you know, beat writers for different sports and that sort of thing from different companies and, well, and even players just saying, hey, um, I'm not going to show up at the post-game press conference and I'm going to eat the fine. Yeah. And then decide to go on to a podcast Pod, yeah. and air whatever he wanted to air because he yeah. doesn't have to answer questions. He just gets to state his case. And that's really what Draymond Green did. Mm. He was not asked to be at the last press conference for game four. Okay. Um, but he went on his podcast and said some things about the people from Boston. Okay. And said, you know, he didn't appreciate the things that were said and some things sure. like that. And, and he has the right to feel that way. And he, if he feels that way, that's true. You know, yeah. your feelings are always true. How Absolutely. You feel no one can tell you, you. People can say, well, I don't think it was that bad. And they're entitled to that opinion. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, just like any media, you have to think progressively in your mind and think, okay, well, what are the reasoning for telling the story? Right. What, why is this message the message getting out? Right. So you, like you, to your point of, you know, am I sending out this message because I want to get a certain message out and, and I don't want to answer questions, that kind of thing? Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a limitation of media. Yeah. It makes me wonder, are we going to see limitations to media in the future? because of things like this. You mean as far as teams limiting access? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's. I wonder where some part teams will say, you know, after a tough loss or something maybe, you know, happens in a game where something embarrassing or um, disgruntling of some kind happens and a player says, I don't want to go out there. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Uh, that it's, I think that's, these are all good questions to kind yeah. of ponder. Yeah. So I just, that kind of new media idea is people are starting to call it the new sports media, the, the idea of these things. And, and I think a lot of it, to be perfectly frank, I think the things like sports talk radio, uh-huh. you know, ESPN and Fox sports one, their programming during the day, a lot of this opinionated stuff, you know, the, the arguing for the sake of arguing, which I can't stand. Right. I think that has hurt the media. Oh, I agree. Because and I it think becomes that's the reason for some of this blowback. Oh, 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 okay. I know where you're going. I got it pulled up too. Exciting breaking news. You want to you break it? Go ahead. I know exactly Kansas, where you're going. Kansas City will be hosting World Cup Games 2026. Yes, it just broke down. I saw this last night that it was a possibility. And they're going to make the announcement today. So, yes, 
Kansas City is going to be one of the 16 host cities uh, in North America for the 2026 World Cup. This is uh, exciting. This is exciting. Uh, and it's because they have two venues in the city they can use. Right. Two. Yeah, they can use Arrowhead and they can use uh, uh, whatever it's called now. The, the park. Children's Mercy. Children's Mercy that the, at the um, sporting plays. Yeah. yeah. And so, even with the, the women's team, they're building out a new facility too, I believe, yeah. which will be ready to go by 2026. So yeah. that's, this is great news. Yeah. So yeah, the cities, and it, it's, it's a big deal because I mean, you look at these cities that are on here. I mean, it's Seattle, San Francisco, LA, Dallas, Atlanta, Houston, Boston, Philly, Miami, New York. Three cities yeah. in Mexico, Monterey, Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Vancouver, Toronto. Toronto. And you include Kansas City in that list. That's a big deal for a city like Kansas City. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. And so you'd be going to games, the World Cup games then? If I can get tickets, I will absolutely. I will definitely be making this work. Yeah. Yeah. I will go to a game just for the hell just for going. It's, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. I, there'll be, I'll go to at least one. So. Whew. All right. Well, let's wrap it up from there. We've had all good news today. So let's yeah. keep it that way. And, oh, and, and final note, Go with the it. Abs winning the first game of the Stanley Cup final in overtime last night. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, we're rooting for the Abs. We are rooting for the Abs in this podcast. We are. So, we are. You know, you got me talked into that one. So I don't really have a dog in that hunt. Uh, but, hey, we're going we're gonna to root for the Abs. So there we go. So Abs up one nothing. Uh, Celtics and Warriors game six tonight as we record this in a couple of hours it'll be starting so by the time you hear this it will be done oh come on Celtics come on Celtics come on <laughs> at least it wasn't a sweep you said it was gonna be I did I said it was gonna I be said sweet. the Warriors and seven so and, and the Celtics won the, the first game so when the Celtics won the first game they won game two I was like they can win this to six mm. they were better for three games it was, yeah. so we'll, but we're going to get out of here on that. So, hey, uh, thank you, Ellen, for coming in and doing this today. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. We'll have the uh, regular pod up. Episode 43 will be up on Monday. I'll be recording that over the weekend at some point. I don't know exactly when, but I'll figure that out. And then uh, next week's point five, we'll be getting that up. And then I get to see you for a night. We'll get to see you in person. So yeah. we won't be doing some Zoom, but we'll be able to we're going to record a day early and then I'll see you on Friday night before I leave yeah. Chicago. So get to hang out. That'll be nice. And uh, we'll have some hijinks, I'm sure. I'm invading Lawrence and Kansas City next weekend. Yeah. There you go. So be ready. Yep. Go to uh, Instagram and follow at Ellie's Bedhead if you're looking to try to get the get hooked up, hit the DMs. Or just Ellie Wing at Ellie Wing if you want to see the normal side of life. They're both great. <laughs> They're both fabulous. So, uh, so thank you again. I appreciate you coming in. Hey, uh, we also want to say thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox. Hey, no Jones report this week. Uh, like I said earlier, Tyler's taking a week off from doing the Jones report. And so my guest spot on there will be delayed till next week. Funny thing, I got to tell you this real quick, Ellen, is hmm. we've been doing the draft every week. Right. And uh, I got in our group text this morning, I got a text from Tyler saying, we're thinking about drafting porn stars. And there's, now there's just am, so many. I am much older than Tyler and Tom. Okay. And, you know, Tyler's like 26, something like yep. that. Tom's that same age bracket. You know, I'm 46. And all I'm thinking is, and I'm also thinking, like, because I don't watch that much of it. I mean, I do look like anybody else does, but I don't know who these people are. Right. I can't do a draft of porn stars. I don't know who porn stars are. The ones I, mean, I know are from like the 90s and the 2000s. And then, you would have to dig up your VHS tapes. I don't even know if I have any VHS tapes. I don't think I have DVDs anymore. See? You know, gonna, I don't want to have to go do a whole bunch of research, but it is a great excuse in case Jen walks in and she sees me on an iPad watching porn. I can always go, it's, it's research for the Jones Report. Yeah, get your Pornhub oh. account. And have fun. Any suggestions on draft picks? Uh, I can't help you at all. Can't help me at all. I, uh, no. Hey, you can uh, send emails to uh, Coach Bono Show at gmail.com. If you have suggestions, 
if I do get pulled into that draft of who I should pick as, as porn stars for a draft. So I made a suggestion back. I hope they'll go with that instead. So I don't yeah. know. we'll see, but, uh, but thank you to Tyler and I appreciate it. And I hope he enjoys the, he enjoyed his couple days off there. Um, most importantly, we want to thank you, the listener for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we've had our best downloaded episode last week with John Seaton and our interview with John. It was a great t-shirt. Great to hear. Great. We had great downloads there. Um, I want to thank everybody for doing that. If you get a chance, if you like what you hear, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get our podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. If you got less than five stars, please don't fuck with us like that. We just don't want to lose our ratings. Until next week, uh, I'm Coach Bo, but I have a great weekend, and remember your time tokens are not